0: And many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music loving community around us. Check them out at ScotsMenswear.com. Hello. Sleeping on a cup of tea. Welcome back, everybody. Happy bank holiday as well. Weather looks like it's going to be alright. Yeah, happy bank holiday. Hope you're all enjoying your day off work, or if you are working, lucky. Yeah, it's a brand new Monday. Welcome to a brand new podcast. My name's Carl Maloney, the host of The Shindig. That guy from RGM is back for another weekly update on his podcast. How are you doing, Yanni? (laughs) Yeah, it's been a great week again this week. Loads of content and changes on the RGM homepage for you, and there's reasons why. I'll, I'll let you know. Trying to make it better. Always trying to improve. Why not? Just got this urge to be excellent. Um, Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. A lot of the times we don't. But that's the aim, to just get better. Yeah, we've just got a a live review gone out for the vaccines. Playing Victoria Warehouse. Horrible venue in Manchester. Went to see Frank Turner there a bit back kept getting lost all the time it's a nightmare to get well you can get the tram i suppose but uh just not my favorite venue in the world uh, but the vaccines gig was very good and we've got a live review of it on the website right now rgym.press. we've also got another live review for therapy question mark band been around for years uh, reviewed from the wardrobe in leeds Uh, Loads of uh, the the October Drift tour diary um, features have ended uh, after their tour ended. Loads of information on behind the scenes of what goes on behind, uh, on tour with the band October Drift. Just have a look, rgm.press, loads of stuff going on, interviews from artists all over the world, Manchester Leeds, Birmingham as well. Uh, Scotland, of course. We've 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 changed the head. We've changed the the website round a little bit more. I've been tinkering it with it still this week. I will getting a bit of feedback from artists on our homepage once it's gone live, because we are bringing out so much content all the fucking time. It drops down the list. When you, as soon as you add a new post, obviously you know the, the previous posts drop down a, a, a section, and there's only about eight sections until it kind of goes into the background, uh, the featured posts on the homepage. So some people getting a bit disappointed and not hanging around the the homepage and being seen off, you know, people that just go on, go on the website and just try and find new music, which I get, I completely get it and understand it. So I've extended the the homepages so so the each post will will be seen on the homepage and get a bit more airtime on there, um, just so more people can catch footage, the footage, the content that we're bringing out, you know, it's uh, just makes sense. We've extended the, uh, the comedy section as well, that's bigger, um, all in preparation for the festival in Edinburgh, Edinburgh Fringe, I think some people call it. Uh, yeah, that's coming up in August, so we're, uh, we're planning that at the minute to bring you some excellent comedy coverage from Edinburgh. So we're very busy behind the scenes. As always, I'm not complaining. A lot of people complaining out there, ooh, ooh, <laughs> yeah, people, have, uh, you know, there's a lot of people with opinions out there, and there's a lot of people... Talking about, we shouldn't be expected to work at the weekends, bank holidays. It should be a nine-to-five working in the media industry. Nah, mate. It's not a job, this, for me. It's a passion project. Um, I'm doing RGM pretty much from when I get up to when I go to bed. Well, not all the time, like, you know. I've got to go to work and that in between. But it's not work for me at all. Doing these podcasts, you know... uh, it's not work it's, it's something I enjoy doing so I just do it if I have to reply to emails I'm alright with that so I've just seen a bit of negativity about about you know not having to work you're in it for the wrong reasons mate um, but anyway shall we crack on with today's guests ladies and gentlemen it's a great episode this one I had a great good chat with Turnbull from Skylights just the other week um, proper sound lad and thanks for being patient with the technology as well. Zoom's getting on my nerves. It crashed four times during the interview, so I had to edit it all and make sure it it, it looks seamless on the YouTube video. So if you see a little jump, it's because Zoom crashed. I had to edit it together. Uh, but I think it's—I think I've flagged it. Um, but yeah, the video version of this will be out on Wednesday evening, as always, premiered on the YouTube channel. Um, but welcome to the audio version, and here we are. And today we've got Turnbull from Skylights, everybody. Uh, I wanted to dig into what it was, what it's like for a band to perform at Soccer AM, which that show just looked like so much fun. Um, they got a funny phone call from Jimmy Bullard that we've used in the teas, and all that information will be coming out soon. That's a good nice little story. Um, and I did do a weird little rant at the end of this interview as well. There was no need for it. I kind of thought. Um, for, for some reason in my head we, we just reviewed the lad's recent review And in my head We had a bit of criticism in it But it's, it's all I don't know It's, it, it's all in the eyes of the holder I think I, I felt like we gave feedback But he didn't see it that way at all He just read it as like You know Just like a normal part of a review I'm overthinking things when we're um, When we're giving feedback I think me did Because I'm so close to Reviews and you know Getting feedback myself It's Anyway, at the end of the review, I went on this weird little rant thing that you can all enjoy later in it as well. There was no need for it. There was just no need for it. It's funny. But yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's crack on. I'm babbling. Join us on the Twitter page at RGM Pod. Subscribe on the YouTube channel. for You'll see the video version of this podcast on there. Um, Have a look at his online. RGM.press. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Turnbull from Skylights. So, welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast. Here uh, in my little booth, um, my booth of plenty, where I like to have conversations with people in and around the music industry and share their experiences. That's why we call it the RGM Experience Podcast. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm with Turnbull Smith, from Skylights. Hey up.
1: Hey Cal, you alright?
0: Yeah, sound mate. Where, where do we find you today then? What's this going I'm on? I'm home,
1: Chief. What's I'm this in the background
0: on. there? Is this all uh, Skylights uh, paraphernalia, is it? What's going on here?
1: Yeah, well what it is is uh, we've got a wonderful artist called Paul, mm. who does all our covers and all our album covers yeah. and it. it's just fantastic work, so... Get so it up on loft. the wall. So I do Share my little my little room where I do my videos and stuff. Do you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. But and and where is this? Are you at home
1: at the minute? Yeah, I'm at home. Yeah, You're yeah. Home. Just upstairs in the loft. And I'm where- in loft because that's where all my stuff lives. <laughs> and where is home? <laughs> in York, mate. In Acomb. Right. Okay. I got
0: you. So I'm, I'm a little bit confused because you've got this big connection with Leeds. And yeah, uh, but, you're from York yeah. as well. So so we'll come to all of that and the band stuff. I want to start off with a young Turnbull, really, and go back um, before Skylights was even a thing and just find out a little bit more information about you, what makes you tick and all that kind of stuff there. So we'll come to all of that. Keep people hanging on. We'll get to that, guys, if you're listening <laughs> Uh and you Skylights fans are here. But we like to delve into your past a little bit. So talk me through what you were like at school as a kid.
1: How long you got, Cal? I've got as long as you want, this Well, there's only so, two yeah. of
0: us, so, we, so Zoom won't kick <laughs> me off, so we're good.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, growing up, uh, just a normal kid into my football and stuff, but yeah. unfortunately, I wasn't very good at football. Yeah, uh, I wasn't very good at sports in general, so I used to... Well, I wasn't too bad at sports. Actually, I did all right at sports, but I was... Yeah. Never really in the first teams and all that. I was a bit small, mm. you know. Got pushed off ball a lot, but I always give it a go. Like yeah. played footy every day and was always interested in it. Yeah. And then my mate was singing in a band at school called Mike, and uh, I always looked and thought, you know, I would not mind doing that. Do you know what I mean? He got all the girls and all that stuff, and he was uh-huh. proper popular. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get involved in this guitar mm. stuff. So when I was about thirteen, I bought an acoustic guitar. Just off and just off a girl at school. It was only like twenty quid. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of playing it, didn't know didn't know what I was doing at all, and I didn't really get very far. And then I went on holiday to France and my uncle, Stuart, was there. And he is a folk player, and he's been playing all his life, and he's a really good, really talented guy. He's
0: a did you say folk or folk?
1: Folk. he plays folk music. <laughs> You say that, yeah. You don't play
0: it's not like a twist on playing the spoons. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, well, who knows, who knows? And uh, he he was like, oh, you, you play guitarist, I'm not very right. good. And honestly, maybe two, three hours, he sat down and showed me a few tricks. Mm. And that's the only guitar I've ever had. And I picked up so much from that from that short period that yeah. I just kind of taught myself after that. And he showed me all the special chord patterns and the little tricks to the trade mm. and little things like that. And it was, it was really interesting. And then I just dedicated myself to it for... A good five, six
0: years after that. It's nice, isn't it, when you, when you get influenced by somebody when you're young and it kind of takes over your life because it, it did with me with music. And I had a lot of time on my hands or on the dole for a, a long time. I had nothing else better to do than learn how to play the guitar years, yeah. and years and years ago. And I just liked and enjoyed picking up an Oasis or a Beatles book and just learning a few of their <laughs> songs. That's how I learned to... Move my hands up and down the guitar, really. Um, it, yeah. It, it, it's, isn't it weird just how music grabs you? And when it does proper grab you, that's it for life.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more stress relieving than just sitting down and just playing the guitar and mm-hmm. even writing a song. Because, like, when I was that age, I used to sit down and write songs. I didn't think anyone would ever hear them. Yeah. But I just found it so kind of just chilling out and it was. It was nice, really nice.
0: Have you got any, you know, previous bands before Skylights and any funny names that that, that, that we can enjoy?
1: <laughs> yeah, we, uh, me and my mate Simon started a band when we were 16 and he'd always bit my house because he only lived a few doors down. Right. And I started playing bass and he was playing guitar and we used to have a bit of a mess about with a few Beatles covers and stuff. Hmm. And we actually did a few shows. We were called r Five O Five. And uh, we had a bit of fun. we I don't know why, but... Is that, it was just is one that, show is that
0: influenced by the Beatles song, 505?
1: No, uh, the, the no R505 or was actually a Roberts radio, an old Roberts radio right. that my dad had. And oh. it was a Roberts R505. Oh, okay. Yeah, just an old old analogue jobby. Uh, and then we actually changed our name to Loose Fit for one gig. <laughs> so then we had loads of people I turning up thinking name. we were some... <laughs> Everyone turned up thinking we were some indie covers band, we were oh, just right. a happy kids band. Oh, what, like an oh, happy Mondays but- <laughs>
0: type vibe type thing? We yeah. it. Right, well, okay.
1: We were 16 we year old kids that were rubbish. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I bumped into a friend of mine called Dan, and this is where I met our drummer Miles. Mm. So I was about 17, and I bumped into a guy called Dan. He's like, oh, come and play in my band. We're called Carnation. And they were they were quite rocky, they were very professional. Probably not my type of tunes, totally. Uh, and we did a few gigs with them. I was playing bass for them, but my amp was absolutely rubbish. Mm. I actually had my head uh, nicked. So I was using an old PV that I'd got from school. Right. So it just sounded it just sounded terrible. So I ended up getting sacked from that band. Yeah. Uh, and then I joined a band called 66 with my mate Mike. And we did it all right, actually. We went on a couple of decent tours. We spotted mm. Kaiser Chiefs. We supported, who else did we support? Uh, Mark Owen from Take That we got a call saying oh, oh no, then. do you want to play with Mark Owen I'm like hmm so we got uh, we just played with Kai Chiefs and a few other bands I'm trying to think mm. of the bands we played with a couple decent ones because we were managed by uh, a fellow that ran the local music venue in York Fibbers mm. who got us all the big shows there and then basically for some reason God only knows why he got us a few shows with Mark Owen and we are <laughs> like oh that's a bit odd but they were massive, and they like, were played all around Scotland, like big shows, and they were they were good, and there was just thousands of screaming. Is that, is that around but the Four Minute
0: Warning song that he used to do?
1: It's your Four uh, Minute
0: Warning, when he went solo. He used to sing a song about a Four Minute Warning.
1: There's another one that was really big at the time. can't remember what it was. It was around that one, but there was another one that was a big hit, and they all waited for that one. Do you take that oh, song? It? Shine, 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 oh. shine. Oh. I hate that song. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was one Mark Owen did it. Won't we take that? Oh, okay. Oh, can't can't remember. Right, I can't okay. remember. But it was because, like, uh, we never saw Mark. He just was disappearing. Never saw him at all. But his band yeah. were right lads. They were class. Yeah. So they were out, out on lash all night. And, mm. you know, real professional during the day, they were changing the strings every day and yeah. stretching them out. So I learned quite a lot because they were, like, basically pulling the strings and yeah. doing all sorts and actually looking after their instruments rather than us with rusty old strings. Yeah. Uh, but then they knew how to uh, party as well, so we had a real good time. But uh, so, so what, kind sort of of size,
0: of, what kind of size? What kind of so to interrupt you there? What, what kind of size venues were there? Like like a thousand,
1: okay. a thousand cap venues. Yeah. Played in Edinburgh, Aberdeen, because that's where I first played a gig in Aberdeen, and they all went mm. absolutely bonkers. It was insane. Just crowd were going nuts.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And so I thought I'd always want to go back there. I was lucky enough went back last year. And then after, uh, then after that, we, that sort of petered out, and that's when Skylights was born. After that band.
0: So how how did you like? So you mentioned you toured with the Kaiser Chiefs then, and I know you've had bigger gigs with Skylights recently, and you know things are growing, and you know there's more support slots coming out. You've got this big gig with the Enemy that you've announced. you had Shed Seven recently, and all that kind of stuff. Um, what can, What was it like supporting Kaiser Chiefs at the time?
1: They were pretty new teams, so it wasn't like big places. It was all yeah. like small cap venues. Mm. It was only like was it like Fibbers right. and a few other places around. So yeah, it was, it was it was all right. Yeah, it was it was all right. It's nice chaps. Yeah,
0: you know? different to Marco. So, and but though. it was as social as Marco and his crew.
1: No, they were, they were sound actually. They were all all nice mm. to be fair. Before before they before they were like I think they'd just been signed, mm. so it was like on the on the early days of their tour. So. It, must it was been, nice to
0: see them. It must have been exciting to see, like, a band just get signed and, like, they're just starting the journey into the, the big time, really, after, you know, I, I think Kaiser Chiefs were one of the bands that worked hard and did the small clubs yeah. and gradually built up audiences in different pockets all over the country and, and eventually made it to arenas like they do now. But Yeah. Um, yeah, so it must be nice to, you know, being around a band that are just, like, taking off and it's like it's the big it's the big time and somebody's and, and they're just out there in the world just enjoying that experience <laughs> before you know before it takes off for him it must be nice being around that
1: you would have thought that carl oh but at the time we were that engrossed in ourselves and just going out for a big party i don't mm. think i really noticed it was just a massive piss-up yeah we just yeah we just had a cracking time just had a big party and well, I mean, probably now would have took more notice of it, but at the time we were just having loads of fun, just like loads of fun.
0: Well, I asked Paul Gallagher, what were it like looking in on the Oasis days when they were taking off? Uh, and and his, his honest answer was, it, so it was every, everybody everybody shits everybody has a normal life even when all these mad things are going on around you <laughs> everybody is still normal but you expect you just expect magic to be happening you expect you just expect i don't know you expect a certain i don't know vibe i'm always looking for this vibe but i can never find it because i'm looking for something that's not really there really do you know what i mean yeah
1: i know what you mean and probably now i'd look in those type of eyes but at the time when you're a kid you just, every, well, even now, I, I just treat everyone the same anyway. And yeah. we, we just had a good time. We just had a great time. And it, yeah. it was nice to see him take off as well. Yeah.
0: No, it's great. So how but, did, yeah, go on. Yeah.
1: No, I was just yeah. going to say, like, he just it was normal. I just playing instruments. So yeah. Just pretty, pretty sound, yeah. Yeah.
0: And how did the Skylights thing happen then? So how did you all get together? What was the meeting like?
1: What? Talk me through the beginnings of the band. Yeah. So I'd finished with 66. Mm. Uh, They'd got off and started a new band. And I was just, I was fed up with the whole situation to be fair. Mm. And so I was like, I need to find another hobby. And nothing really came up. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But then my mate Johnny came to see me and he's like, do you want to start a band? I says, well, I will do, but I'll play guitar. I'll (laughs) stop playing bass. I'll (laughs) play play guitar now. Yeah. And you can play the bass. And he's was like, yeah, sound. And I, I had a couple of songs from the past that were already done. Believe it or not, one of them was Darkness Falls. Mm. Uh, and the other one was Driving Me Away, actually, which is our next single. Mm. And so we just practiced those two songs. We got our friend Tom Reeve on the drums. And we, ne- we needed a singer. And I mean, I've told the story a million times. We did try one guy out, and he just didn't really fit the mold. And Johnny's brother, Rob, burning man we all grew up to, together I had sung before at school but he didn't really want to do it but i was like listen we're desperate mate we need a singer so mm. you're gonna have to come and do it and he's like i'm not doing it and he didn't have any money he was skinny he had no job so we paid him to do it basically we mm. we give him loads of beer we paid for his practices and everything and and he just did it as a bit of a laugh do you know what i mean mm. and that's how it started really and uh We had a couple of. So you did all know each
0: other. It weren't like you advertised
1: for. Oh, we're all mates from school. Right. Okay, got you. Yeah, we're all all mates from school. And. uh, Were they 66 fans? Pardon? Were they 66
0: fans, any of them?
1: Yeah, I think they were actually. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they they, they did come to the shows. Mm. Am I I a bit dark, Cal? Don't be seeing a light on.
0: You can have have a light on if you want, mate. You know, it's getting a bit darker now, isn't it, At times and that. Stick a little bit.
1: I'll open while. the window. I'll open the
0: window. A teeny go on, bit. mate. Go on. I don't want to be too, too late though either. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. A bit better, pal. Nice one. So yeah, so the uh, so the uh, uh, uh-huh. they were fans of what you were what you were doing. They saw they
1: saw yeah. you. They saw yeah, the, they saw the, the, you up there having a go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they'd been to a few shows and mm. things like that. And uh, John, Johnny actually had been in a couple of bands recently, but Rob hadn't been in one since school. Mm. Tom, the drummer, he'd been in a few bands, but he'd never played drums before. Mm. But his dad was a drum teacher, and he'd actually taught Alan Leach the drums. Uh, so he had a drum kit, so he borrowed his dad's drum kit. Mm. And he, he wasn't really a drummer. I mean, none of us were really anything, to be honest with you. So we just kind of scrambled it together. And I knew a local promoter, so I sort of spoke to him and says, can you just get us a support gig? I didn't ask the lads. I just thought, we can rumble on practicing forever and not do a show. So let's just do a show. Mm. And so we did a show pretty soon after we got together. Rob was like, oh, mate, what are you doing? Why have you booked a show? I'm like, well, we're going to have to do it. So just kind of forced him on the stage. He just got really drunk, and we forced him on the stage. and And it went down okay, and that was our first gig. And uh, we just rumbled through a few gigs. We got to like the final bands and uh, we did a couple of things, but we weren't very professional. We used to just get, well, especially Skaz the singer, you used to get wrecked before it went on. And a lot of the times he would forget the words. It was just, it was a bit, we had some great times, really good Mm -hmm. times, but then the gigs started drying up and like there's only so many times you can drag your mates along. So then it kind of just petered out. And then we Hmm. knocked
0: it on the head. Okay, so that must have been a a tough decision. Were you planning different things anyway? Because, you know, if you've been through a few different reincarnations of bands yourself, is that, did you just think, oh, there must be something else that I'm looking to do? Or or was it like more of a mutual thing? Or what? Or you you just just got a bad name for yourself, (laughs) too pissed for gigs?
1: Oh, no, no, we never particularly got a bad name. Yeah. I just got fed up. Uh like I kind of run the run the job really. Mm, Yeah. So if we ever want to do anything, I've got to kind of do it. And Mm. it got to the point where it's like, I can't be bothered putting in all this effort to get zero reward. Do you know what I mean? Because because we I mean it was a little bit different then because the social media weren't so powerful. Mm. So it was literally you get your mates down to a show and if nothing else happens, then it's just the same people coming down to the shows every time. Hmm. Do you see what I mean? Unless someone like a local promoter picks you up and starts spreading the word about you, it doesn't happen. And no offense, but at the time, the promoters in York weren't particularly—they weren't gonna—they weren't gonna start spreading your name about. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing with York. Uh, how many bands have made it out of York? Do you know what I mean, Carl? Mm. In a big way. Yeah. Can you name any? Shed seven, exactly. That's one, one one night only. At mm. A push, uh, and I don't think it's because of a lack of quality. I just think it's because of a lack of support. If anything,
0: does York, uh, does York suffer from being a bit of a tourist place where
1: there's a lot
0: of like cover bands to play to tourists? But
1: well, uh, we're working class people, yeah. And that's and York doesn't. It doesn't have a massive working class side to it. It doesn't have like uh, your working class bands and, and your mm. big football support. Because obviously we're big football fans and sports fans yeah. and we play the music and it, it kind of didn't really suit. It certainly didn't suit the time when we were playing the first time around. Yeah. So then we, we just called it a day and uh, we didn't we didn't really talk much about it for about five or six years.
0: That's kind of what happened when I ran a band years ago in Sheffield where we had kind of we we were just playing to his friends every gig. Yeah, we were playing. We were playing Sheffield too often as well. So so the, so our friends that were coming yeah. were coming to one gig, but then we were playing a gig the week after and not coming to the other one. So some gigs we were playing in front of fifty people. Some people at times we were playing in front of five because you can't. Expect your friends to come yeah. to every gig that you're doing, and it's a big strain on them, isn't it? And particularly if you're getting your mum down and just trying to blag everybody <laughs> possible to get down to come and make the numbers up a little bit and feed your that's, own ego like exactly you've got fans. It. It's hard work. That's isn't exactly
1: it? it. And it's like, well, where do you, where do you go from here? You know? Yeah. Well, like, where do you go? And then we just kind of knocked it on the head. That was that for the for the time.
0: So what did you do while Skylights was no more? I
1: had kids. Had a job. Uh, okay. You know, just. Genuine, general stuff.
0: Yeah. Then, what do you like my, doing my away from? Seen... Mu- what you like doing away from music? Then,
1: I'm an electrician. Mm. Uh, obviously got my family. Oh. Just you know, normal stuff. Really, just a family man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> But like I mean, like hobbies wise, is there anything like you like? Dad, leave dad alone while he's in his man room somewhere. He's just enjoying himself doing, uh, you know, his other stuff. Uh, did did, did uh, you have anything else I other let- than music?
1: Uh I did a little bit of boxing actually when I oh, yeah. stopped playing. So mm. I was in the boxing gym most nights a week. Yeah. Driving my wife crazy. Cause mm. I'm one of them. I always need a hobby, when I want to have a hobby. I've just chucked myself into it. Yeah. So I got beaten up a bit in the in the boxing ring. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And then me, and uh, my wife was like, You should do another gig, get all our friends together and have a gig. I'm yes. like, listen, I really can't be bothered because I just got that fed up with it. I just sold all my gear. I didn't even have a guitar in my house for five years. Mm. Didn't play it. And then I had Rob saying to me, oh, you know, we should do another show. I was like, really? I really don't want to. I just, you know, that that part's done. I just remember it being hard work. And exactly like you said, Cal, mm-hmm. you're playing to the same people and just the gradually getting less and less. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, so I thought, I'm not doing it. And then my wife was like, you really should do it again. And she, she's like, she likes organizing events. And she's saying to me, she'll do this, she'll do that. And she'll get it all sorted. I'm like, all right. We'll do a show. We'll do a show. I got my arm um, twisted. And okay. I booked local promoter, Tim. And I said, Tim, can you, can you get us a show? And he says, yeah. So he booked fibbers for us. And when we used to play fibbers before, it was only 200 capacity. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that'll be fine. And then uh, I researched the new place that they moved to. And they were like, it's 600 capacity. <laughs> I was like, 600 capacity? I'm like, there's going to be my wife, <laughs> my mum. <laughs> and about four, I said, this is going to be ridiculous. So I'm like panicking because I get like, I'm like, what the hell have we done here? This is this is going to be absolutely dreadful. So Scaz had wrote the song YRA. Mm. So I'd come up with a riff and, and just give him some chords. And he'd come up with a song YRA. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's about going to footy and going to Leeds and singing the Yorkshire Army song. Because that's what he's mega into Leeds, mm. you know, Ghost to Games this. You just find him walking out the street singing lead songs, just driving everyone mad, just, you know. God, even when we were kids, he'd just be walking around (laughs) singing lead songs all the time. So I was like, all right, yeah, sound. So we recorded it and uh, got it all. Well, (laughs) well, we just recorded it. We didn't even know what Mastering was at the time. And so knowing that we had 600 tickets to sell, I got on Twitter and got YRA loaded onto SoundCloud and just Mm. sent it to everyone I could. Just anyone and anyone, because like it's Skaz's Leeds United song. Let's just send it. So I sent it to every single person who was with Leeds, related to Leeds. I was just yeah. like in a blind sort of like I'm just gonna send it to you. I don't care if you like it or care if you are not. Because that's the beauty of getting a little bit older, isn't it, Carl? You don't care what people think anymore, do you? Don't give a shit, dude. I'm like you. I'm like you're either gonna like it or you're not. And I, it's funny actually. Uh, some kid replied to me saying, uh, "Oh, mate, that shit." Uh, you want to listen to this band. I know, I, won't, I won't say any names. And Go then, on. About two year, but, no, I'm not saying the names. And two years later, we were headlining a gig and they were first on. Mm. So I fucking found the tweet and messaged back saying, oh, mate, you're coming to the show because <laughs> your mates are first on. <laughs> so, so I took a little bit of pleasure in that. Yeah. But to my, honestly, Carl, to my utter amazement, I've just started getting mega good feedback. Mm. Like people saying, oh, we love this tune. It's We love it. It's a bounce. It's really good. And they actually give a CD to a mate of mine at the boxing gym, actually. Mm. And you know what it's like when your mate gives you a CD. You think it's going to be shit, don't yeah. you? You think it's going to be fucking yeah. rubbish. Yeah. And I would think exactly the same. And he'd come back two days later. He's like, that's fucking mint. Is that really <laughs> you? I was like, really? You think it's that good? He says, yeah, that's absolutely class. You want to get it on radio? So I was like, well, I'll try it. So I sent it to BBC introducing, and they started playing it. I'm like, wow. You know, people seem to like oh, this man, song. Yeah. And then Leeds United started using it. <laughs> mm. Leeds United used it on one of their videos. Well, it was a 100-year anniversary video. Mm. And then people started following us, and we started picking up a little fan base. And uh, then I made I made about 1,000 promo CDs and sent them out to just everyone, just free, do you know what I mean? Mm. And then... Luckily, the actual 600-cap venue, I think the roof started leaking. And so they're like, oh, we'll have to move it to Crescent, which was only 300. Uh-huh. And we managed to sell out 300-cap uh-huh. venue for our first gig back. And it was, it was brilliant. I mean, we were awful. We played terrible because we hadn't played for years, and we yeah. were really rusty. And the sound was awful. Scott sounded like he was on the moon, honestly.
0: <laughs> so, how, so, like, how do you sell out a 300-capacity venue? When you're not, when you've not been doing, out is it? Was it? I know you mentioned this song's had an impact and it's come out and people got involved yeah. with it a little bit.
1: Well, all it is kind of is hounding the hell out of people. Yeah. I mean, I used to drive everyone crazy and I still do now. I'll probably cut this bit out and send it to the mates. <laughs> but it, if you were if you were friends with me on any social media platform, yeah. you're getting a message saying this is a skylight. And if they said maybe, I'd be knocking on the door with tickets. Like, yeah. right, you said maybe, get a ticket. So it's just Love it. basically just pushing it, just pushing it, pushing it. And a lot of them were actual just uh, people that like the YRA song mm. that came came down for that. So could
0: you could and you tell that when you I... played the song? Could you see it could you feel a difference in the crowd? Like, oh yeah, like...
1: everyone's, everyone's bouncing about to it. Yeah, yeah. it was it was brilliant. And uh, and then it just kind of rolled on from there. Then uh, we got the hundred year anniversary gig mm. at Leeds United. Then we got friends with Josh Warrington and and Kitano, Barade, and people around the club, and people, you know, started supporting us with, with higher profiles than we had at the time. Mm. Uh, and then we released Enemy, and then we got the call from Soccer AM us to play live there, and it was all going boom. And then uh, COVID came and mm. sort of knocked us for six, really. So
0: how how did you just get a phone call from Soccer AM? How does that like happen? Is it just well, because of the sport connection, the, the football connection type thing, is it?
1: They just no, heard about it, the
0: story, or was it?
1: No. So basically, my mate Harvey messaged Fenners on Insta, right. saying, check this band out. And then Fenners started following us. And mm. I was like, oh, Fenners, thanks for the follow. And mm. I just told him a little story about us. And he was like, oh, I'll be in touch. And then Josh Warren came to a few of our shows. Mm. And then uh, Josh was fighting Lara for the first time. Uh and it was on Sky. Mm. And they had him on Soccer AM. Yeah? Oh, I just been uh, signed by Eddie Hearn, that's why. Uh, okay. And uh, so he was on Soccer AM. And Fenn was like, oh, it'd be good to you on with Josh. It'd be a good little, sorry. Uh, and then he says, uh, who's your manager? I'm like, me. <laughs> he says, what do you mean? He says, well, I'm the manager Pay, I play guitar and uh, yeah. I won't call myself a manager. But I just kind of sort the things out. And he's like, yeah. all right, sound well. I'll send you some details. And then he sent us some details and rolled on from there. I think that was great. And then we put Dianus Falls out in October, and then that kind of went pretty well as well. So how how's
0: how's the day look for Soccer AM? What what's kind of, what's kind of like? Do you travel down on the day? Do they put you up in a hotel? What what what's the day look like behind the scenes at Soccer AM? Because it looks like it's just the best time ever as a football fan myself supporting the Mighty Blades. Uh, and then seeing all mm. the bands that I kind of, and then and then seeing all the bands that you kind of uh, that I I've, I've seen loads of bands on there that I know that I played on there just fucking loved it and just really enjoyed the day. Just mm. talk us through a little bit about what the day looks like when you when you know you're going to be on tally for soccer. Yeah?
1: So so it was about five days before we got asked to do the show. It was like oh great, and then he says right, we'll email you. Expect so the email the spec. And it was like, you need to bring a sound desk. You need to bring a sound man. Mm. And you got me there at nine o'clock Friday morning. I'm like, what's a sound desk? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, what, and, and where are we going to find a sound man in five days? Mm. So I rang my mate Dave, who'd done sound for us once. Well, I say he's my mate. I'd only met him once. Uh, I'm like, Dave, we're playing soccer here, um, this weekend. Can you do the sound? He's like, I'm fully booked, <laughs> mate. He says, well, what are they uh-huh. paying you? He's like, they're paying me 100 quid. Okay. I says, well, I'll pay you more. I'll double it. And I need a sound desk. He says, sound desk? I says, yeah, I need a sound desk as well. So he borrowed it from the wardrobe venue in Leeds. And then we had to set off at four o'clock in the morning, Friday morning. I was on nights that week. So I had to beg my gaffer to get Thursday night and Friday night off. Uh, And then we rolled down to London and got there at like half eight on Friday morning. And they were like, oh, we don't need you till 10. So we just got balls out and was kicking around on footy pitch for hours just yeah. outside. So it was great. That's an and, intimidating uh,
0: thing, that like, so you need your own PA and everything and and to to be like I don't know well, to have well, the, this out.
1: The PA the PA is there, it's just you just need a mixing desk. Okay. And like I ain't, I ain't got a mixing desk. None of us have a mixing desk. We've literally we're lucky to even have amps. Yeah. And then uh, we did this we did the sound check, which was all right, went okay. And we're like, where is everyone? They're like, oh, well, they're not here till like two for rehearsal. So we just shot back to the hotel. I then got a, a phone call from a number I didn't recognise. I picked it up. I, I'd like to try and do a Southern accent. but uh... So anyway, it was like, where the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He says, where the fuck are you? I'm like, who's that? He says, Jimmy. He's fucking bully. Where the fuck <laughs> are you? He Jimmy. You mad fucker. I said, right, <laughs> we're coming back to see you. And he's like, oh, no, you don't have to. I said, no, fuck it, we're coming back. So yeah. we jumped in taxi and uh went back and joined in with all rehearsals and stuff. Nice. And they were like, your first band that's joined in with rehearsals, I was like uh, doing that shocker Saturday stuff and yeah. getting on the couch and just, just joining in with everything. Mm. And it was it was a cracking day. And uh, I went back and had an early night, and Skaz and Johnny went out and got smashed at about 4 o'clock in the morning. Of course morning. they did. Of course they did. Mm. (laughs) so next morning they're getting up like shaking like pale as anything I'm like lads I hope you're ready for today (laughs) (laughs) and so we got we got in there quite early and did a little another little bit of a sound check and then just as they were counting down from 10 my fingers felt like sausages I was like oh man we're going to be on telly I was like can I even bend my fingers and then uh, the performance I wasn't wasn't worried about being on the sofa or anything it was just a performance but it, it went okay so it was good
0: Love that. Uh love the ins and outs of and the mechanics that go go on at these things. I just like I like delving into yeah. that. Thanks for sharing
1: that. And they're it. all really really nice really nice yeah. people. You know, Jimmy Bullard. I see him get a bit stickier in there. He's a top bloke, Fenner's yeah. brilliant. People behind the scenes as well, just really good. And they even give us an interview on sofa as well, so I could roast our singer. So
0: <laughs> good fun. <laughs> so does he still get nervous for at gigs? Now as well because I know it didn't come naturally to him. We kind of forced him to be the front man. What's?
1: Uh, no, what? he's fine now. He's fine. Yeah, he's well, just, just an thing. Going, going into it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we were only kids then, so yeah. kind of. We've done hundreds of gigs since then. So, well,
0: what was that conversation like? Getting them back, getting everybody back together. So, the singer came to you. scores <laughs> came up to you. Let's do another gig again. Were, what was yeah. all the other people? Were they all up for it as well? Had they sold their instruments. what well, how did it? How did it like <laughs> get back?
1: So. Rob was like, do you want to do it? I says, yeah, all right, I'll do one more show. Yeah. And literally our bass player, Johnny and our drummer Miles, they're just really, really quiet people. Mm. Honestly, if you went to pub with them, you'd literally be sitting in silence. Do you know what I mean? They're just very chilled out. So rang Johnny and Johnny's like, yeah. Mm. I was like, okay. And then I rang Miles <laughs> like, yeah. And it was just like that. There was nothing really much about it. And then we went to rehearsal room and, uh, Miles just borrowed the rehearsal room's junket kit, yeah. and he smashes them kits to bits. So after that first practice, they're like, "You're gonna have to bring your own kit, mate, because you've literally destroyed this one." Because <laughs> he was like an animal. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to buy a kit." I says, "Well, you better buy a kit." So he got a kit on finance, and I bought an amp. And so we're like, "Well, we've got all the gear now." So after that first show, like, we might as well do another show. And then we supported Tom Hingley. I mean, we mm. don't mind some of the old inspiral carpet songs, yeah. so thought we'd play with him. And then I don't know if we're allowed to mention him anymore, but we supported the Blue Tones. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the YRA tune was picking up a little bit and we were getting some action and like we all go to the Leeds games mm. and support Leeds, so Leeds were like getting all the support and they were like, should come play in Leeds and we're like, mm. Mm. yeah. Why not? So a friend of mine, Oddie, he booked the Broodernal out on a Thursday night. <laughs> wow. And uh, we went down and it was just a rainy Thursday and there must have been 50 people there. Yeah. And we were staying in the biggest dump. I'd booked a couple of cheap hotels around that area and it was a dump. There was literally Sig put there's out nothing around to- that
0: venue. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a big famous venue, isn't it, the Broodernal? Uh, yeah. But there's nothing around that part of town at all. It's kind of like on outskirts out of way.
1: Um... It was a dump it's like our <laughs> bass player he, he's got a good job yeah. so we went and stayed in Headingley, uh, looking uh, at the cricket picture in some five-star hotel <laughs> while me and Skaz were staying in honestly this dive it was just appalling and we're walking back and Skaz is like I think I think that's enough now we've had a good yeah. time that'll do I'm like yeah okay whatever and he's like yeah but it was just like a broken record it was just like I think we should call it a day maybe we give it another go." He was pissed and he was just yapping on. He was driving yeah. around Ben. I'm thinking this is why I quit in the first place. So we regrouped a bit and I was like, okay, let's we'll do one more show. We'll try Leeds on a Saturday night, not Thursday. Mm. I mean, what what type of a night is that? Yeah. So I booked the Belgrade. Well, no one had adverts because no promoter will have yet. Mm. So I can ring him up every Leeds, is, Leeds is a sport. really
0: hard place to. Uh, I I put RGM live gigs on in Leeds, and I found it really really difficult. It's a different. I don't know, it's a different vibe in Leeds to like where I am now, Manchester, and definitely a different vibe to Sheffield. I just do not I d yeah. I, I don't I can't put my finger on what's different about the Leeds um the, the Leeds music scene. It's it, it feels like it's harder work than what it should be for a major city like Leeds.
1: The beauty of this band is we're not really in with any type of music yeah. people. Yeah. We're all in with sort of sports people and sports fans. Mm. So that's why it's a little bit different with us. So when I had the Belgrave, uh, I think, I could be wrong. No, we hadn't had enemies out. It was still just on the back of IRA, mm. And it just went down really well. And uh, we saw it out pretty quick. And we're like, mm. wow. Because I think the product with Brudenell as well, A, it was a Thursday night, and B, it was a free gig. So okay. we're free gigs. I mean, all the, we, we got rid of all the tickets because they were free. Yeah, but then people, people can... just don't bother turning up. Yeah, that's
0: it. There's no commitment from somebody, really, is it? They just think something else yeah. might happen. Someone tell you, just think, oh, I'm not going out. It might mm. rain or something, and then that just stops people going out completely. Yeah.
1: yeah. And with the Belgrave, it was it was a Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, I think it was only seven quid a ticket, something like that. But then then it sold out, and I had a terrible head cold, and we were all feeling we were all feeling under the weather. Mm. Everyone was off the tits. Mm. It was just wild, and it. We played that gig and honestly, it was like a sea of people just like yeah. from right up front because it's a cracking venue, it's a nice long venue, mm-hmm. and it's just heads bobbing everywhere and it's like, wow, you know, we've done it, we've sold a venue out in Leeds, this is, wow. this is brilliant. And then I wanted to get some big supports because that's what I've always wanted to do, support my favourite bands really. Mm-hmm. And like I say, because we're not in with the music scene, it's really, really difficult to do. So I got hold of a kid called Toby from Future Sound. I'd literally been, email, I'd been emailing every portal going, and they just all ignored me. And it's really funny, actually, because as soon as we sold out the Belgrade Music Hall, they seemed to find their emails.
0: Oh, okay. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah. So I might have emailed them four or five months earlier. Yeah. And it took them four or five months to open the inbox. I like, oh, yeah. hang on, I've sold 350 <laughs> tickets. Maybe I should answer this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I started getting emails back, and uh, I spoke to Toby, who I've become friends with now. And he's like, yeah, I'll put a show on for you. He was a bit tentative, really, at the wardrobe. I was like, yeah, great. Let's let's get cracking. So we put that on at the wardrobe. Uh, I'd been chatting to Josh a little bit on Instagram, and he turned up. So that made it exciting, you know, to have one of our sporting heroes there. And, and that all that was well. And that was a cracking night. It was a brilliant night. And that's sort of what landed us in Leeds. And then we supported Twisted Wheel there. And then we got the call about Shed Seven at the Peace Hall.
0: Yeah, and and then COVID yeah. kinda of happens then, didn't it? Everything got delayed mm. because of that. So like Yeah. And during these interviews, I've done many interviews over COVID. I kinda of started this podcast over COVID and what more can we say about COVID? It was shit, weren't it? So so COVID <laughs> happened, the the music industry stopped for a bit, and then uh and then we started to get back into the into the world again and the gig started happening again yeah. and this gig happened with Shed Seven eventually. Just talk us through what it was like, you know being back on stage well, and, that, what, and that, having that experience again
1: well what's happened was basically uh everyone jumped on tickets and now everyone's panicking because fuel prices and stuff are going through the roof <laughs> so like i'll be what buy gig tickets now so thank you very yeah. much to everyone for uh putting all the prices up yeah. but yeah so getting back it was like okay we haven't gigged for a couple of years we'll do a few practices and we'll play a piece hall yeah. and i think it it was harder than I sort of anticipated it to be, really. I felt like a bit of a strain on me mm. because we hadn't played for so long. We were supporting Shed 7 at the Peace Hall. My phone was just beeping non-stop with question after question. So yeah. stuff got on top of me a little bit and I was struggling a bit. Uh, Is that just people, then-
0: like, on the way to the gig or, like, just wanting, like, guest lists or just wanting a piece of you because you've got this event coming up? Just questions,
1: questions, questions, questions. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Questions about tickets, questions about this. Yeah. And obviously, I always try my best to answer everyone, speak to everyone, sort stuff out, because that's just sort of how I go. And Lee Uni was straight up for that as well, so people asking about that and trying to get spares for that and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, but the show, I mean, like when we finished the uh, Shed 7 show, it was just like a massive relief. It was just like, wow, you know, it's done. It was a cracking day. The sun came out for it. And it was it was it was a special day really we sort of knocked about We shed 7 backstage and stuff and, mm. and had a good time it was it was good
0: How did you find Rick I've had him on the podcast one of the nicest guys I've ever spoken to in life Rick Witter. uh he's just got time yeah. for you
1: he's open
0: and honest about anything anything goes it's just he it, it was just he's a beautiful man that man
1: Yeah he's, he's a consummate professional Rick mm. uh and just a nice chap you know just just a nice guy he's always he's always been sound with us uh, I
0: supported Rick Witter and the Jukes in one of my earlier I bands. I did as well. In, uh, the Ledmore, oh, yeah. in one of my earlier bands. Yeah, he he, oh, nice he, he made my sister a birthday card. I told it. I told him my sister was a big Shed Seven fan, and he wrote her a birthday card to her, <laughs> her birthday. That's just the type of bloke he is. So you've got this new single out, Outlaw. How how did you feel about the RGM review of it? Because because RGM, we don't we don't blow smoke up bands' asses as easily at all. It's not what we're about. Even when people um, pay through our site for interviews or reviews or kind of, it, they're not paying for an advert. We're going to tell them our honest and, and give them feedback. So we advertise that that's what we're all about. People think that because some people pay for stuff on, um, on RGM, that they're just going to get an advert. It's definitely not the case. And your record mm-hmm. label sent us the tune. Um, we reviewed it and... For, for me, the review was really honest. It, it was ninety percent positives and a little bit of feedback with
1: it. How how did you feel reading it? Uh, I don't think there was any negatives at all. To be honest, no. No, I thought it was thought it was pretty good. Oh, End daylight. Yeah. What what uh? What do you want from a band, Cal? What do you want from a
0: band? Yeah. What do I want from a band? I I want to see dedication and hard work. I want I, I want to have a relationship with a band, maybe not like personally, cause that's just a bit weird. I, I just want to feel like, um, I don't know. I've, I've grown up with Oasis as a band and I feel like I've, I don't know them at all, but I feel like I've got a relationship with the band. I feel like I've got a relationship with the people that love that type of music and go to the gigs around me. And that's what I'm kind of, that's what it kind of feels like for me, for Skylights, just like, I know there's a mm. community out there and I know I'll be part of that community. I just know that they're my kind of people. So that that's kind of not. Mm. It's not just the tune for me. It's it's about the whole experience and and the people that surround the yeah. band as well, which is more important for me. So so when 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 we're writing a review, obviously you can't take that into account. Everybody's got personal taste. There might be a little bit that they don't like. They, they're definitely going to tell you what the good things are. Um, and there's a, if there's a few things that they feel that, that that we can work on, then we'll talk about that as well. Um, I just think, it, I, I think it's. There's too many people telling everybody that everything's fucking brilliant when it's not, and mm. uh, uh, and, and and it's yeah, not it's I not the easy it's not the easy it's not the easiest thing to do to to make that stance because people either fall out with you or they pretend it doesn't happen or they um, or they are like a bit the main people that get, that get upset when a review doesn't go their way. And I'm making this sound like the review didn't go your way. It did it all. I don't, I'm, I've just ended up on a little tangent here. I do apologise. Uh,
1: it was pretty good, Cal. to be honest. Yeah, made, cool. No,
0: need to read it again. No, no, no. I've, I've, I've completely gone on a tangent and i done it. I'm loading up the review now to remind myself. Right, there's very Quite little, to, right. there's it, very little to, uh, to pick apart from this blistering, blistering quick track, with everything so fine tuned. It's easy to pick up when listening. It's clear to see why Skylights have been lauded so highly. Yeah, it's good in it. What am I fucking talking about? Right, I've just gone on a ramp for now, then, so forgive me. <laughs> oh, one thing that might put some people off is that it does feel like something safe and familiar. No, there's something in there.
1: Uh. That's what you want, though, isn't it? That's what I want with my music. I want to yeah, hear a cool. song that no, yeah, I agree, does, yeah, I want a song that I like. I don't want yeah. a song with, uh, I don't know, triangles and stuff and uh, yeah. wind chimes, do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, or no, a new get, instrument yeah. that someone's pulled yeah. out from under bed.
0: <laughs> yeah. I suppose I'm, I'm so close to the, these reviews and being asked to justify why we're honest about things that it sends me on a little rant, so I apologise for a little rant there. It wasn't relevant no, to you. It, 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 it was just something that... That came out in me, there.
1: And I, I have a different sort of thing because I get asked a lot to listen to people's songs, yeah, and tell me what I think. Mm. But I don't really feel like I totally can because, like, what's my opinion? Do you know what I'm saying, Carl? Oh yeah. It's like if I listen to a song and don't like it, mm. who who says that I'm right about that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so if I don't like a song, I'll be like, yes, yeah, I uh, yeah. do. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. I just and it's like, what? What makes a song good? When, when you come from the Yorkshire, song, the people it, When you
0: come from Yorkshire, it's all right. Is is good in <laughs> it? It's hard work to get a, a Yorkshireman to yeah. open up. I'm one of them. So, it's, so. It's,
1: <laughs> I listen to songs on the radio, and think they're rubbish. So, what, yeah. what, what? What my opinion? So, if a local band messages me, sending me a song, yeah. what do I know? Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. so. It's like when, when people ask me, "What do I think?" It's it, I find it very difficult to mm. kind of say. Do you know what I mean? But, no, going, going back to the, the view was fine. I mean, the thing with Outlaw was, like, we had the album coming up and we had a certain amount of songs and we needed a couple of new ones. Yeah. This one and the next single. So uh, it was literally a bit of a throw-together job. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We were literally chucking bits and bats together. And a lot of it was done by the producer and Scaz. Mm. Sort of, we laid our bits down, but they changed a lot of it and changed the, so,
0: did you enjoy not being as hands-on with that?
1: Well, so I, I did all the guitar bits and stuff. So the actual song itself is pretty much the, the guitar is pretty much the same. Mm. There's been a verse cut out of it, mm. uh, but it's more the the vocals and changed. Yeah. And that's that's up to them. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, Skaz did all the vocals for this one. And at the time, we were like, oh, man, we're going to struggle with this one. <laughs> so the fact that it's actually come out all right, we're very relieved. Yeah.
0: No, I, I, yeah. I enjoyed the track. And I, I, again, its I know the people that go to your gigs are my type of gig people, and I, and, I, and I know exactly what they'll be like. They'll all have the pretty green on, won't they? They'll all be enjoying life. They'll all enjoy a good few beers even before they get to the gig, and they're just going to be there having it. And then out all night enjoying the rest of the rest of the gig as well. Aren't
1: it? that and, type of people. and what else is there to do? Yeah. Do you know I what I mean? It. Yeah. You're not you're not gonna stand there, you know, and look at the band and listen out for these new instruments or new flutes or all that. You're <laughs> just gonna go and have a good time. And to be honest with you, Kyle, our next song is, is the one that's gonna sort of make or break it really, because I believe it's our best song.
0: And this is the one that you wrote and when I- you were a lot younger as well? The next single.
1: Yeah, this is this is an old tune, driving me away. I mean mm. there, there's a demo kicking about of it. Mm. Uh but we've re-recorded it and put some violins in it and just made it what it should be. So I'm really proud of it and I'm looking forward to see what people think. I mean Outlaw's just uh, it's just a banger for the people to bounce about to and have and have a good time to and I mean I know everyone in Aberdeen will love it. Whereas the next song is is one for the for the masses, do you know what I mean? It's uh like Outlaw, I, I can't say exactly what it's about because Skaz wrote it, yeah. but it it's like an enemies. It's just go out there and cause mayhem. Do you mm. know what I mean? Uh, whereas this next song is a bit more is a bit more like I kind of do do more emotional type of songs. So I'm really really looking forward to this next single.
0: Well, I do have to thank you. You're bringing your debut album out on my birthday. Thank you,
1: thank you. Well, for we so, knew it was your birthday. Thank you for
0: being so considerate. Especially when you're 21. It's a special birthday <laughs> for you, Cal. Do you know what I mean? No, you know I'm full of shit, don't you? <laughs> you can call me 21. So yeah, you've got this, you can pre-order the album as well. So anybody listening to this podcast, uh, I'm going to direct you every opportunity towards the description of this podcast on YouTube or on the audio version of this podcast. There's going to be a link to pre-order the debut album, What You Are. So I'm asking everybody, why an album? is a lot of content to put out in one go. What's what's made you decide that the album is you know the next way forward for as as a band?
1: Well, because we've been together since two thousand eight, and it's literally all the tunes that we've accumulated. Right. Okay, what? I can't think of the word. <laughs> what's the word, Carl? What? One, what? Accumulated. Is yeah, that, yeah, that yeah,
0: yeah. Accumulated. That that works for
1: me. C-cumulated, accumulated, accumulated. Yeah. You cut a bit out. It's all the uh, songs we've accumulated over the last, say, I don't know, twenty years. Mm. And everybody wants an album. And we've actually got all the songs like remastered, done properly, mm. get them on vinyl, get them on CD, wow. old school, and uh, get it out there sounding as it should, you know, getting it all done and proper.
0: Yeah. So is it going to be like the end of a massive chapter in your life, this album?
1: Yeah. And we've already got new songs ready. Mm. We've got the next two singles done and dusted. They're just getting mixed now. Uh, I'd kind of liked them to be on the album, but there's literally been a 12-month wait for it, for yeah. the vinyl to be produced. Oh. So you get what you're given now, and this is this is the best of us from the last 20 years, really.
0: It must be like nice and cathartic to to know you're just putting a fork in the sand, and this is going to showcase what we've been doing since 2008 as a band, and then have the opportunities that you're coming up to tour and support the enemy and that kind of stuff coming up Yeah, uh, as well. It must be... It must be like a, a, another fresh start for the band, you know, get the album, you know, out, establish yourself with the album, put a fork in the sand for the the last 15 years or whatever, and then just move on again. We even newer tunes and just move on to a new chapter. That must be nice. That must be nice to look forward to.
1: I think when I was younger, I had a certain lack of self-belief, especially when I was kind of leading the band. Yeah. I was always thinking, well, you know, we're all right, but we're not that good. Do you know what I mean? I always had that in the back of my mind. Yeah. And then since we've had the little bit of success, I've been thinking, well, maybe we are good, actually. Because our drummer yeah. and the singer have always sort of believed in in me as well as mm. themselves and always thought we were a top band. I was always been a bit, hmm, not too sure. Whereas now I'm thinking, well, you know what? Maybe we are good and maybe we can do the things that I didn't think we could do. do you know, and that's the thing with age as well. It's like, you know, why can't we sell out big shows and mm. make albums and big songs? And so we've, we've got more belief now. So like the, the actual new songs are, are better than, well, I'll say that. <laughs> They're there definitely as good as our best songs. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like our, our latest one that we've just written that's been recorded that just needs mixing. It's called Rebellion. It's an absolute beast of a song. It's like scars at his best and like the guitar's great. And we've done a big anthem as well. And we're all basically ready to get the singles out when the album's done. Because like I say, we've been waiting for the album for 12 months. So sort of got itchy, itchy fingers, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, let's, let's keep writing. So we've wrote a couple of songs that we're really pleased with. So when Drive Me Away comes out and people hear the remastered, tracks that are a lot better than the ones we've had mm. and we've got a couple of special edition songs on there as well then we're ready to hit them with something else as well so nice
0: nice well it's exciting times mm. ahead really appreciate your time and your patience today while we've been having technical issues trying to get this thing made um it's an absolute pleasure to get to know you uh, for this last hour or so turnbull Pass on my love to Take the band. Um, again, you know, jump on the RGM review. It's featured on RGM at the minute for Outlaws, the recent single. Um, pre-order the new album, Turnbull. Tell us all about... Tell it, it give said us, give us a message to all your fans. And, you know, I've, I've been... It, it's, it's late. I've had a long day.
1: <laughs> a message, honestly, yeah, you know, I can't night. thank you enough because we are literally... We've had no big money backers. We've mm. had everything we've done... Has been because of the support we've had. So if you get signed to a major label, mm. they put you on the telly, they put you on all these shows, you get playlisted on all the major mm. stations, you get it all. Whereas we ain't done that. We've just relied on word of mouth from all the people. And that's what's got us where we are. And we're thankful to every single one of you. And I mean, people mess you saying, oh, well, your music's good. That's why I support you. But some of the best, I bet there's some unbelievable bands that can't get out of the garage because they can't mm. sell tickets so you know we're we're living it because of all the support we've had so we really appreciate it
0: thanks Turnbull it's been a pleasure getting to know you a bit more over this interview What You Are is out on the 6th of May ladies and gentlemen pre-order the album get involved with the band they've got some major gigs announced just jump on the socials get involved with Skylights and thanks mate for joining us for a chat today thanks Cal Yeah, thanks to Turnbull for joining us on the podcast Good lad, him Been texting him every now and again Just, you know, covering the band over the years You know, decides to pack it all in back on with work And the urge never leaves you when you're a musician, does it? Never leaves you And the back, bigger than ever now Playing the bigger stages Selling gigs out all over the country Well done, mate uh, the description to, um, obviously, pre-order the lad's new album, that's coming out as well, is in the description of this podcast, so make sure you do that. If you've done it yet? I'll, uh, I'll just hang around till you do it. Yep, sorted. Yep, just in the description, you just go in there, on if you're listening on the podcast or on YouTube, wherever. There you go. Just scroll down a little bit. Yep. Yep, link there, pre-order the album I'll just give you a couple of minutes just to make sure you've sorted it yep, thank you so yeah, thanks for pre-ordering that guys thank you Um, yeah great episode I've right enjoyed joining you again this Easter bank holiday hope you have a great week ahead of you hope you earn a few quid as always uh, come and join us on rgm.press if you're in a band as well submit we're, we're, we've we got quite a bit of space at the minute you know it's been a bit slow over the last couple of weeks for releases so if you're in a band contact us it's a good time next week I'm in Scotland uh, but we'll still have the podcast next Monday uh, I'll be a bit rough um, going up to Scotland and uh, my family like to drink up there um, so yeah I'll be back on Monday we'll see you next week join us at Twitter at rgmpod We'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll saw the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear. The go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scots has a mega-brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe, tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support
1: and we'll see you next week. toodle